Thanks for tuning in to the Voyage Church Podcast. Our desire is that today's message will be significant for all of us on the voyage of becoming. with us today and um, if you were not in the room on Sunday morning you are hearing the exact same message but not the one that was preached in the room on Sunday we had a technical difficulty and Shauna and I talked and we just knew that this was a powerful word and um, something that we believe God wanted to speak to our church and so I'm actually preaching it again it's Sunday afternoon and so I just want to talk with you really about this subject Um, how to fight loneliness. As our church has grown, got to meet so many people. We have so many people from the area who have started calling Voyage Home, but we also have a lot of transplants, a lot of people who maybe moved here for, maybe it was a job, maybe this is a dream destination for them, but I know what it can be like. Sean and I moving here a year ago and closing the door on our house that we had just bought and looking at each other going, what did we just do? We don't know anyone. This is, this is wild. And so loneliness can, can creep in. And the reason that Satan would want loneliness to come and, and dominate our lives many times is because he knows that it can keep us from our purpose. God's purpose is always found when we're connected um, to him and to his community, which is his church. And so I just wanted to talk to you, whatever that might look like in your life. Maybe you're going through a season, maybe you have before, maybe there will be a season in your future, or maybe God's positioning you to be able to talk to friends and family who are battling loneliness. And that, how do we fight loneliness when it comes to being a follower of Jesus? And when, it, when we're looking at scripture, can we completely avoid it? Or is there just ways that God has given us to be able to walk through it? And so going to jump into this message. Let's pray together, and then we're going to jump into Scripture. Father, we love you. God, thank you for your word that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive and it's active. God, may it transform us today. God, and after we, we, we dive into this, Father, I pray that we not just be hearers, but God, we be doers of your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6 through 8. Um, this is Joshua becoming the leader of Israel And Moses, the Lord's speaking to Moses here, and then Moses begins to speak to Joshua. Look what happens. It says, verse 6, Deuteronomy 31. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Then Moses called for Joshua. And as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as, as their grants of land. Verse 8, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you, and he will neither fail you nor abandon you. I want you to notice what Joshua is told. He is told, do not be afraid or discouraged. I believe that when it comes to loneliness, these are two of the root ways that loneliness enters our lives, is if we look and evaluate, what are we afraid of, and where are we discouraged in life? And the enemy wants these two areas to be highlighted. Man, I, I, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid to take this step. I'm afraid of what they may think. And fear and then discouragement is where loneliness will step in. You know, being in ministry for over 10 years, and it doesn't matter if you're a leader of a business or any kind of capacity, people will tell you leadership is lonely. And I just remember thinking to myself when I heard that for the first time, hold up, 
I got a caller ID and you are not God. I do not receive that. If I'm a leader, I'm going to have to be lonely. Um, but I've even heard people say, hey, life is just lonely. It's just part of it. You're going to be lonely. And while I think there are many invitations this life can give us to being lonely, I do not believe it is God's heart nor desire that we live lonely lives. And so I believe when we look in Scripture, there are many principles that we can apply. We can begin to fight loneliness. You know, we sang a song on Sunday, This is How I Fight My Battles, talking about worship, right? That worship starts inwardly, but it always manifests outwardly. Whether that's you're on your knees or your hands are lifted or maybe you're weeping, what kind of outcry of worship are you giving that can literally be your weapon? It can be the way that you fight. And sometimes worship is going to be the place that we have to find ourselves in when we're experiencing loneliness. And so there's so many different things in Scripture we can see. And I want to begin to walk through those. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 gives us a very, really good insight, even in the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And we see it in the beginning of His ministry. We also see it there at the end when He's in the Garden of Gethsemane and the disciples desert Him, that He has experienced and Jesus has whatever you're walking through he can look at you and say I know he's experienced loneliness but Matthew 4 verse 1 says afterward this means Jesus had just been baptized the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength against the accuser by going through an an ordeal of testing or an ordeal of tempting Notice that Jesus was led into a lonely wilderness. Jesus had to experience this kind of stuff. But I love this, that while I don't believe it's God's ultimate desire that we just live lonely, but we will experience it. But I love the perspective that it can be in order to reveal strength. Can I tell you that when you're lonely and you're honest about it, you have people in your life that you can share with, that vulnerability will show an area where you may be, man, I'm I'm really weak here. But remember, the Bible tells us that in our weakness, His power is made perfect. And I love that the scripture says that it it was in order to reveal Jesus' strength against the accuser. That I believe even in our loneliness, when we're honest and we're vulnerable to God and to people, it can reveal a strength that is deep down on the inside because we trust Jesus. So Jesus... He experienced this, and that's, that's my heart for us right out the gate to understand. But the other thing we must understand is we weren't meant for loneliness. We weren't made to live lonely. In Genesis 2.18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Um, today what I want to do is I want to unpack and really kind of define loneliness and alone. And I'm going to define those differently because I actually believe in Genesis 2.18, alone is really not the best word. Um, It's the word that was used for the English um, translation. But I want to look at the original meaning in Hebrew. The word alone is badad, B-A-D-A-D. If that's not how you pronounce it, um, I apologize, but we none of us probably know how to pronounce it. But the word badad means to be separate or isolated. So the scripture could read this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be isolated. Adam didn't have anyone like his kind. He had to name all these animals and none of those were suitable helpers for him. And so God was looking at man and going, man, there's an isolation from him being able to connect with someone like him. We were made to be connected. And so I would actually say today that as I look at the word 
alone in the work. Look at the word lonely, that I think loneliness is not God's heart, but I believe that there is a way we are supposed to live when it comes to aloneness, if you will, um, that actually can be good. And so let me just break it down this way for you. Loneliness points to a mentality of lack, meaning I'm lonely, I'm without. I'm lonely because I'm not dating anyone. I'm lonely because I have no friends. I'm lonely because I don't, I'm not in the position of where I want to be. I'm lonely because I'm married, but I don't have kids yet, and I desire kids. And we, we begin to call ourselves, we label ourselves lonely when we don't have what we think we should have. Um, and that could be something good, it could be something bad. Ultimately, number one, we don't want anything that God doesn't want for us. And number two, we want only what God wants for us in God's timing, right? Because the right thing at the wrong time could still be the wrong thing. And so loneliness is a mentality of lack. It's I'm lonely because I'm without. And alone is much different. And the reason I say that is because Jesus actually paints a picture of what it looks like to be alone. But alone is you can be alone with. Um, All the married people say amen, but I get alone with my wife. Now that's not for other people to be around. Um, That's not for, uh, that's for her and I. But I am not alone by myself. I am alone with her. Um, All the married people, like I said, just say amen wherever you're at, in your car, whatever. But my daughter, the other day, Summer Kate and I, there's times where we can really just have great conversation. Um, Actually, I'm recording this on Sunday afternoon. I'm taking Summer on a daddy-daughter date night tonight. I'm going to be alone with Summer. I'm not lonely. I'm not by myself. It's an intentional aloneness to spend time, to hear her heart, to, to... Just see her have a good time and spend time with one another. And so loneliness is lacking something. Alone has an intentionality to be alone with something. Now, you could be alone with something good or with something bad. Um, I I, I truly believe this when I say it. You give men, uh, and really anyone, um, complete access to be alone with full access to the internet with no accountability around them or anything like that, it can be a very dangerous thing. And so depending on what you're alone with will depend on if it's good or not. But I want to give you the first way. I have five ways today, but the the first way to fight loneliness is this. We fight loneliness with the art of being alone. And obviously, as we just talked about that, this is the idea of being alone with God, alone with God. And Jesus set this model in Luke chapter four, verses one through two. Write that down if you're taking notes. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 32. It actually says that Jesus tells the disciples, let's go off by ourselves. Meaning, hey, we're going to go be alone. It's us together and the Lord. We're going to go be with the Father. Matthew 14, 13. I love this because it actually says that Jesus left in a boat to a remote place to be alone. But not to be alone by himself, but to be alone with the Father. This is where he, he, he spent time with God. He prayed. And all I'm saying is, is if it was good enough for Jesus to get alone with God, then it's good enough for us. The revelation I got from the Lord on this was, if I call myself a Christian and I don't daily get alone with the Father, my life is literally trying to tell Jesus that I could do it better than he can. That Jesus had consistent alone time with the Father, but that I can just talk to God. You know, I can just do church on Sunday and, and I've got a good relationship. And that's not God's heart. That is not a recipe to fight loneliness. And Jesus didn't model it. Luke chapter 6, 12 through 13, as well as Luke 22, 39 through 44, we see Jesus understand the art of being alone. 
And so we have to learn that. Number two is this. We fight loneliness by choosing to be consistent and healthy community. In other words, be planted in a church. We fight loneliness by being planted in God's house. When we go back to what we said with Joshua, being fearful and discouraged. I'm telling you, there's no better place to work out your fears than being planted in the church. There's no better place to be discouraged than when you're in the church and in the community of faith because it is in that place that God begins to hold your arms up. He, he, he puts people in your life that can encourage you. You know, Moses at one point it has to hold a staff up as the nation of Israel was fighting. And when his arms got tired, the, the Israelites would begin to lose. And so there were two guys, Aaron and Hur, and they stood on either side of Moses and they lifted his arms up. We fight loneliness by choosing Notice this point. It's not just by trying. No, by choosing to be consistent in healthy community. We have to make that choice. We're not always going to feel it. Psalm 92 says that he who plants himself in the Lord's house will flourish. What's interesting about flourishing is this. We hear the scripture and be like, oh, plant yourself in God's house and you flourish. Awesome. Well, yes, but remember for a plant or a a tree that bears fruit to flourish, there also has to be another thing that happens for flourishing. There has to be a, a good nourishment, but there has to be pruning. There's things that have to be cut back. And it's in the community of faith that you're vulnerable and you find accountability to say, hey, I want to do this thing Jesus's way. Hold me accountable. And when you do that, you're able to, okay, yeah, help me. Tell me, does this need to go? Should I stop doing that? Like, we need people in our life who are helping sharpen us, as, as Proverbs tells us, iron sharpens iron. And the reason it's so important is because when you help people continue to sharpen you, you'll have less discouragement because you're open and vulnerable to being made more and more into the image of Christ. Therefore, loneliness is not having the access it once had into our lives. Why? Because we're choosing to be planted in God's community. Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. You think about sun-scorched, like that's not a place you want to be. Dry, exhausted, miserable, but God places the lonely in families. Man, if you're listening to this today, maybe you've come to Voyage a couple times, maybe you're praying, maybe you've just been listening and haven't showed up yet. I just want to let you know that God places lonely people in families. And families are are groups of the local church. Look, there are so many local churches. We say it all the time. If Voyage isn't your home, we'll help you find a home. We just need to get you in a local body of believers that preaches that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by Him. And there's just something incredible that happens when God puts the lonely in families, and then they begin to find their purpose. Man, if you are in a season where you don't have godly friends, um, you need to keep godly friends. You need to love them. You need to point them to Jesus. But you need to begin to pray, God, send me friendships that can help as I continue to run after you. Um, so those friendships are found, I truly believe, in no better place than in the kingdom of God. And so get planted. Number three, we fight loneliness by loving God and loving yourself. Now, if you are my theologian, the Bible thumper listening right now, which, hey, that's not, that's not a knock. People used to call me a Bible thumper, and I'll take it. I love the Bible, amen? But let me share point three and four, because someone's going to hear this and hear loving yourself and thinking I'm giving you self-help. No, I'm giving you Bible help, okay? Fight loneliness by loving God and loving yourself. First off, take care of yourself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. This honors God. God worked for six days, created for six days. On the seventh day, he rested. 
We have to have a Sabbath. We need to rest. We need to honor God with that. Same thing, if we try to go seven days without resting, given all we got, then our life is trying to tell God, God, I can do it better than you. It took you seven, or it took you, you, you did six days and then rested on seven. I'm gonna go all seven, full out, nonstop. No, God modeled it for us. We, have, we fight loneliness by loving him first and then loving ourselves. And here's why we have to love ourselves. According to Matthew 22, 36 through 40, teacher, they're asking Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. So first part, right? We fight loneliness by loving God. But look at the second part. And this, uh, this is the great commandment to love God and foremost, but the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor, right? wrong. The scripture doesn't say love your neighbor. The fullness of the scripture says you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Hear me today. Number three, what I've said is fight loneliness with loving God and loving yourself. The scripture tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. We have to get a revelation of the way that God loves us so that we can love ourselves and see ourselves the way that God sees us so that our neighbors get the value, worth, and love that they are worthy of from us. Many people will be like, I just can't wait to love my neighbor and serve people and do this for people. That's awesome. But if you don't have the fresh revelation of God's unconditional, unfailing love for you, we will sell our neighbors short by giving them a version of love that is not a fullness of love because we're just focusing on love your neighbor, not loving our neighbors the way we love ourselves. So number three, we fight loneliness, loving God, loving ourselves. Number four is the latter part, which is important, but is only in fullness when we understand how God loves us. Number four, we fight loneliness by loving others the way we love ourselves. We love others like Jesus loves us. We fight loneliness by loving others the way we love ourselves. That comes from that. That comes from that revelation. You know, within loving others, here's another thing within this, number four, is we can fight loneliness by lifting. In other words, we can fight our own loneliness by encouraging and lifting other people up. And it's very interesting that our culture, um, we're really, really good at specific discouragement. Have you ever read the comment section where people are getting like berated on social media? We're so good at like specifically going, oh, you did this wrong. I don't agree with this. But we're not very good at specific encouragement. You go look when someone posts something awesome and friends are just like, hand raise emoji, fire emoji, heart emoji, instead of, man, this is so incredible. And thinking about a couple who, who shares that, um, you know, they're pregnant and someone being like, oh, this is so awesome, happy for you, as opposed to, the art of like specific encouragement of, man, because of this, you and your husband are gonna make incredible parents. Whatever that may look like, but I'm just saying, we can fight our own loneliness and other people, help them fight their loneliness by lifting others. What's so crazy when you give encouragement is that you can feel lonely, struggle, defeated, encourage someone, they could feel the same way and you both leave better. So we have to, we, 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 we fight loneliness by loving God and loving ourselves. Number four, we fight loneliness by loving others. Sorry. Number three, we fight loneliness by loving God and loving ourselves. Number four, we fight loneliness by loving others. Here's the way I would say this with loving others. We believe at our church, we say this all the time, serving is our calling. Serving is our calling. Why? Because it's, it's, it's what our King did, right? King Jesus, he was a servant. 
And um, I believe this. You can serve loneliness out of your life. Jesus showed up. You know, as a king, um, many people think that he was going to show up and just look like a king for the rest of the world, but he didn't. He said, no, my kingdom is not of this world. Like Jesus flipped everything on its head. But I really believe with the way that our king served, that's where we find our purpose. That's where, that's where life begins to make sense when we are found in serving. And so um, there's a pastor theologian that I've read for years. He passed away some years back, but his name's Dr. Miles Monroe. And when I read his books, so much changed for me. And he's got this quote, and it's just this idea of maybe Christianity's missed it. You know, he grew up in a kingdom. And so he wrote a lot of his books towards American Christians because he wanted them to understand the kingdom that we didn't actually see what Jesus was building correctly because we don't live inside of a kingdom um, in the natural. And so what I believe about Jesus and the way he served and loved others is that many of us struggle to find our purpose because as Christians, we think like, okay, I've given my heart and life to Jesus and one day I'll die and go to heaven. But that's not the final goal. Like, yes, place your faith in Jesus. Yes, he forgives us of our sins. Yes, we will go to heaven one day. But what about until then? And Dr. Miles Monroe writes this. He says, Christianity focuses on getting people ready to leave this world. That is the wrong emphasis. Our mission is not to prepare for departure, but to plant kingdom gardens, to put down roots, and to plan to stick around for a while. Why would our king place us here with an assignment to fulfill if all we're supposed to do is get ready to leave? No, his plan is to change the world through our influence, or rather, his influence through us, and thus transform the earth from the waste that Satan's dominion has made of it to a lush, abundant garden of life and beauty that fully reflects the culture and environment of heaven. In order to bring our influence to bear, we must be present. I'm telling you, when you are present in whatever season God has you in and you find yourself serving, serving others, right? Love God, love yourself the way that God loves you and then serve other people. You'll begin to find your purpose of why we're here because God wants us to be here. We're not, it's not time to go. We have an assignment. Jesus said it when he prayed for us. He said, Father, don't take them out of the world. Keep them safe from the evil one. And I believe that as we fight loneliness and one of the best ways to fight it is by finding yourself in serving of others, just like our King Jesus, we begin to find our purpose. And so here's number five, the fifth and final one, the way we fight loneliness. We fight loneliness with lowliness. What I mean by that is Matthew 23, 12. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. In other words, the lowliness is the serving. We serve people, and I really believe we can serve loneliness right out of our lives. You know, Jesus set this model for us of what it looks like to serve. John 13, um, you know, maybe you're, in, you're, you're listening today and um, Maybe you, you've been going through feeling loneliness and maybe from what's happened, maybe people have labeled you lonely. And I just want to let you know, I think God wants to give you a new title today. I think that um, because of who Jesus is and what he modeled, and I believe that his posture of serving, when we pick up that posture of serving, because to serve, you've got to be in the kingdom of God. Amen. So you're already fighting loneliness by being in the kingdom of God. To serve and for it to truly be about Jesus, you've got to spend time with God. Because if you serve and don't spend time with God, then it becomes duty and not devotion. And so in the serving, we're actually doing the practices of 
pushing back and fighting against loneliness. But our King Jesus, he, uh, he set the model. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And it flipped a king, the concept of a king on its head. And so in John 13, we see Jesus do something. And this is crazy because um, he wraps a towel around his waist and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And let's read it, and I want to just kind of paint a picture for you. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing but someday you will. It's crazy. You look at this picture. They're at Passover. These Jewish boys celebrating, you know, the blood on the doorpost and the, the death angel passing over them, the blood of the lamb, and, and then making the sacrifices, their ancestors uh, of, the, of the lamb to covering their sin, maybe not even fully grasping that they're at Passover with the final Passover lamb before he's about to be their final sacrifice for their sins and the sins of humanity. And Jesus, the king, washes their feet. Washes their feet. What you got to understand about feet in this culture is, uh, I know for us it might seem weird, but in this culture, this is the, the dirtiest part of the body. There would be a servant in a house. If it was a house that had prestige, there would be a servant sitting at the door with a basin of water, and they wouldn't make eye, eye contact. They wouldn't talk to the guests, but when a guest would come through, they would wash the guest's feet. That was their job. It was one of the lowliest positions as a servant. And what's crazy is you think about the disciples. They've been with Jesus for three years. Jesus has, um, he's really become a celebrity in a sense, if you will. Not a celebrity in that he made things about himself, but in the sense that everybody knew him, everybody was talking about him, and people were making much about him, right? And so he's, he's just well known. And so when he would walk into cities, he would sit with a man like Zacchaeus, who was a rich man. He was not lacking. Most, most likely had servants, probably multiple servants. And that, could you imagine like Peter walking in and kicking his sandals off? And for the first time, someone's washing his feet potentially. Like him being like, dude, I, I'm, this is not me. I, I, I talked about the fact that I had gone to a conference one time, a big church leader conference, and got like a VIP pass. Not really sure how I got invited back there. Don't really feel like qualified to be back there, but I'm back there, and you're supposed to be connecting, and I'm just like, can I eat these crackers? Like, these look awesome. There's like really cool cheese. Like, I'm just like out of my element, and I'm thinking about the disciples walking into a house with Jesus because he's the prominent guy, right? Everybody's like, man, it's Jesus of Nazareth, the one that's healing and doing miracles. And like, they're getting their feet washed. And they're like, dude, we feel like we're somebody special. Can you imagine that they've gone through that, maybe experienced that within the past three years for the first time. And now they're sitting with their king and he begins to wash their feet. They're like, what are you doing? And Jesus says, you don't understand it now, but you will. And here's what I believe he was trying to show them. The height of your purpose is rooted in the lowliness of service. That you will find your purpose. Loneliness will begin to leave. You'll get to reap the benefits of learning how to be alone with God and then all of the blessings that come with serving. You know, uh, everybody at church on Sunday, we gave out the towels. And um, the heart was is that you would understand that you might have been labeled lonely. Maybe you've labeled yourself lonely. Your season has labeled you lonely. But the towel is what gives us the title of servant. The, the greatest title. Jesus, yes, our king, our savior. But he was the king who served. 
That's what set him apart from anything else. It's what makes him not just the king. It's what makes him the king of kings. Amen. So we can take the title that the towel gives us of serving. And I believe that loneliness begins to take a step back because when we serve, we begin to build friendships. We serve together. When we're building the kingdom of God, we are serving, building the one thing that will never be destroyed. Everything in this world, every business venture, every organization, it'll all collapse, but the church of Jesus will remain. I uh, began to think about the idea that the towel is not a heavy thing. Grab a towel, put it in your hand, especially like a hand towel that we gave out. Little, little, it was like a mechanic's cloth. It's not heavy. But the title that the towel gives you is the heaviest thing you'll ever carry. But as the towel's not heavy, I had the thought when Jesus said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, a yoke was to put two animals, usually oxen together, and they would pull and plow a field. And the yoke was to yoke two animals together and they were to equally distribute the weight. But Jesus, again, flipping things on its head, he flips the yoke upside down and says, no, 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 yoke yourself to me and, I, and the burden you carry will be light. I think about the weight of a towel. Man, we get to be servants. We get to serve people. But the greatest weight of being a servant to all was the death that Jesus paid on the cross and he took the weight for us so that you and I could take the towel of service and we could serve people. We could fulfill our purpose. We could walk in all that God has for us. That loneliness doesn't have a seat. That loneliness won't hold us back from our calling because we've learned the art of being alone, right? We've learned the art of being alone with God. We fight loneliness by choosing to be in a community of faith. We, we love God and we understand how to love ourselves the way he loves us. And we begin to love others and serve others and loneliness takes the back seat. The enemy is looking, going, man, I, I once had them locked up, afraid and discouraged. What is going on? Oh, they got planted in a house. They have began to just fall in love and they love spending time with God one-on-one. -on -one. And now they are in a place where they have taken the the title of the towel, and they're beginning to serve. And so wherever you are today, I just want you to know this, that loneliness will begin to step back because you have picked up the title of servant and you are walking in your purpose. And so our prayer is that as a church, man, God, wherever you send us, wherever you take us, we want to serve well. We want to serve well. And that I believe that the loneliness of maybe you feel Trap. Maybe it's not even loneliness in, in the physical sense. Maybe you have tons of people around you, but in your mind, I just believe that as you begin to learn the art of being alone with God, as you're planted in the house, as you love God and you ask God to just reveal how just a, a greater perspective of his love for you, you begin to see yourself the way that God sees you. And then you begin to see people the way that God sees them. That loneliness that used to overtake you, it's like you're filled with this joy and this sense of purpose and this sense of calling that it completely overwhelms what once overwhelmed you. And so wherever you're at today, man, if you're listening to this message and you've never said yes to Jesus, today is your day. Today is your day. Loneliness could have been just crushing you because you don't even know Jesus. And today be the day that you, everything changes. And so if that's you today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Um, 
and I don't do this often, but I do this obviously in this sense of doing the message this way. A lot of times I'd love to be able to have a conversation with you and I'd love for you to be able to come on a Sunday and we could connect and we could talk. But I, I want to pray this prayer because I want to give you an opportunity to be able to just surrender. But you're not repeating just words. You're talking to God. And so I'm just helping kind of give you a guide for that. But if you want to just surrender everything today, you want to um, no longer be isolated and alone and you want to find your purpose, well, it, it's that first step in following Jesus. So you pray this prayer. Jesus, I, I admit that I'm a sinner. Jesus, I recognize I am in need of you. And so today, today I surrender. Today I commit everything to you. You can have my heart, my soul, and my mind. And I'm gonna live for you all the days of my life. When it's easy, I'll worship you. When it's difficult, I'll worship you. When I understand it, I'll worship you. When I don't understand it, I'll worship you. My trust is in you, Jesus. I believe that you died my death on that cross and you rose again so that I could have victory. But Jesus, I believe that when you died, it wasn't just to get me out of the earth into heaven. No, Jesus, you have a purpose for me right now. I receive that purpose and I choose to serve just like you served. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer today, would you mind going to our website, thevoyage.church? Um, you can actually fill out. We have a connect card on there. If you could go fill that out, we'd love to just know that you made a decision and, and connect with you even more. And if you're listening to this today, you know Jesus, but you've been battling loneliness. I just pray that these five things encourage you. Begin to fight. Come on, fight. It's the good fight of faith. It's a fight worth fighting. I want to pray over you. Father, anybody battling loneliness, God, I pray that you would um, wrap your arms around them. God, that you'd place the lonely in families. God, you'd encourage them. God, that they'd pick up the towel of service. God, they would begin to serve other people and that's where they find their purpose. We love you. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our church and we're expecting for all that's to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We will see you guys on Sunday. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to check us out on thevoyage.church to stay updated on everything God is doing in our city.